With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi back home in New Jersey. And Michael, during the break, our producer extraordinaire, Stephen Bond, said Bill's reporting to camp today. Everybody stay healthy. He's all fired up. Von Miller, one of the new acquisitions for those Buffalo Bills. And I love the excitement level, right? Because I think in Buffalo, I don't know if they look at Vaughn and say, this is the piece. They're paying him like he's the piece. They gave him a deal like he's going to be the piece at defensive end. Very quickly, before we look at your blue chip defensive ends, do you think Von Miller still has enough in the tank to give Stephen Bond hope and the Buffalo Bills uh, faithful? You know, I didn't think so last year when he was in Denver, certainly. You know, especially with Bradley Chubb on the other side. And then, you know, I thought in the Super Bowl he played much better. I think when he went to the Rams, he showed a little bit more juice. But I'm always concerned, David about players that that have like have looked like they've lost some lower body power. Mm. You know, and it looks like they have don't have the same kind of ability to affect the game like they once did. And and we'll see. I mean, now look, he had a ton of interest from teams. I mean, obviously he felt like he could go back to uh, he could go back to the Rams and the Cowboys were talking about making him the money that he did. But at 32 years old, you know, I just didn't see it. I know he had nine and a half sacks, but, he, you know, he only had 17 quarterback pressures the whole season. So, you know, that's typically not, you know, that ranked, I think, 30th in the National Football League in terms of how many times you go after the quarterbacks. Everybody focuses on the sack and the name, but at the end of the day, you know, are you making the, are you affecting the passing game? And, I just didn't see it. I, I think they Denver, Randy Gregory, in the, in the little bit of time he played, I thought he was more effective for Dallas when he did that. So, look, you know, it, it remains to be seen how it will play out. But I, I do think that the way Buffalo will get ahead of teams, it will help Von Miller rush the passer. It will help their pass defense much yeah, he's not on the uh, red chip or blue chip list for this year. We gave yeah, out people were like, uh, what, "Where's Von Miller?" Like, did, like I thought Leonard Floyd played better than Von Miller last year. Like, I, I mean, I've been. You could ask Patrick. I'm critical of Clowney because they call him the greatest pet, but I thought Clowney played better. 
Mm. You know, I thought there was a lot of guys that played better than 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 Miller did last year. You know, and and people like, well, you don't even have Joey Bosa on the list. Well, if you watch Nick Bosa compared to Joey Bosa, <laughs> it's not you know, it's not even close. You know, how dare I mean, you, Michael? Joey Bosa, I, I know Joey Bosa's a good player, <laughs> but you're only allowed to pick ten players. Right. That's like, the thing. There's a very talented group. I mean, you've got, like, yeah. the red chippers you gave out yesterday, Michael. You know, Chandler Jones, Trey Hendrickson, Robert Quinn, Cam Jordan, Shaq Barrett. That's a pretty elite group. I, I didn't put I, – I, and I didn't put Matt, Matt Judon on the list. I was between Barrett and Judon. I think, I, I think Judon probably belongs, you know, but it, I, I think ultimately you're going to have to have somebody. I mean, who had a better season? Robert Quinn never played with the lead right. in Chicago. Never played with the lead. I mean, it was, you know, one of the worst. And yet he had 17 and a half, 18 and a half sacks. He had 22 quarterback hits. I mean, that's a hell of a season. I mean, Brian Burns for Carolina had a hell of a year. At nine sacks, he wasn't on the list. At 18 pressures, he never had a lead in a game. Right. You know, so I, I think ultimately, you know, that that's the problem. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Like Trey Hendrickson, I mean, he played lights out. He did. You know, and he deserved to be on the list. Chandler Jones was lights out. I mean, Judon, Judon, to me, was the one guy. He had 25 hits on the quarterback. He set the edge in the run game. He helped that. You know, a little inconsistent there, and he had 12 and a half sacks. I think he affected the game. I think your list for the red chippers, again, these are tough cuts. This is what I always tell people. The, you know, top three. Well, no, why not make it top five? No, no, criteria. You had five red chippers. You get five blue chippers. It's tough to crack the top ten. It's a very loaded uh, market well, right now for defensive ends. Yeah, well, you got it. You're competing against. Pro, I mean, the, here's the thing I don't understand. People say, "Well, Pro Football Focus says this." No, there's somebody grading for Pro Football Focus. That's not like some. It's not the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain <laughs> that we don't know who it, we don't know who it is. But there is actually somebody grading that tape. Now, right. is it a guy who's graded pro tape before in the NFL? No. Is it somebody who's coached in the NFL? No. Is it somebody who's worked in the NFL? Probably not. But that doesn't necessarily mean you can't do it. I'm just saying your expertise, your level of experience does seem to matter a little bit. And if you put him on the blackboard, would he be able to explain schemes, tendencies? Would he be able to understand the concepts that are going on? You know, I hear it all the time, David. You know, we're sitting there watching games. The announcer said, well, they were man. No, they weren't in man coverage. They were in, they were in some form of coverage that looks like man, but it really wasn't. It was a match zone. Like how many times, I mean, I, I hear one guy criticize Mike Tomlin because he has T.J. Watt covering the back to the flat. Well, they're playing zone. He's running the 34 defense. He's got the back to the flat. He's not in man-to-man. He's in his zone. So, you know, it's like you, you, if you're going to be critical of a team's scheme, understand their scheme. Go teach the scheme to me, right? Teach me the scheme so I know it. Knowledge the, is king. Don't, don't, make, don't make Mike Tomlin look like he doesn't know what he's doing. To explain to people what the scheme is. I couldn't agree more. And again, I think people take some of these things at gospel. And I think what Michael is pointing out here is pull back the layer a little bit. Let's let's see why these evaluations come from where they come from here. You're blue chippers for defensive ends. Okay, people, take shots all you want. It's a damn good list. Oh, I mean, Max Crosby. I, I don't really care who takes. I mean, to me, like, <laughs> who's taking shots? Like, seriously, right. like, like, uh, like, Twitter. Uh, I, I, 
I, I don't have any problem caulking football with anybody. So, like, if you want to take shots, go ahead. I, I got no problem. It, there you, you go. Know, it's all good. I, I mean, I got ripped by Al Davis. Look, when you've been ripped by Al Davis, it really don't matter. Like, <laughs> there's no, there's nothing that some guy in his basement in Des Moines who's never actually left the room is going to actually affect me, right? Like, but, seriously. So, I, yeah, I had it yesterday I don't really care. With, with some of the UFC uh, conversations I was having on Twitter, and, and somebody just said that basically I didn't – I just, you know, go with that. Whatever you believe, that's what you believe. I'm not going to change your mind on Twitter. I'm not going to change anybody's mind, nor should you, for the blue chippers that you have at DE. And again, Max Crosby, uh, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Rashawn Gary, Nick Bosa. I, if you, I don't think you need to, but you can explain why these guys are blue chippers, Michael. Well, I mean, look, I, I think Max Crosby, you know, tremendous effort, tremendous intensity, never really is always trying to play at the highest level. It's got great conditioning. This is a factor that I think we got to talk a little bit about, David, is conditioning for defensive linemen. They've got to be able to go play after play after play. It's hard to do, right? It's mm -hmm. really hard to do. And so, you know, the conditioning of, of Max Crosby, the conditioning of Miles Garrett, you know, is really impressive. And they're able to play. I mean, Miles Garrett played over 860 plays. Max Crosby played almost 1,000 plays last year, wow. right? And he affects the quarterback. He affects what they do, you know. And so, and, it, and it's relentless effort. And the other two areas we don't discuss enough about defensive linemen is conditioning and tackling, right? You got to be in shape, and you got to be able to tackle. You've got to be able to get the quarterback on the ground when you get there. It can't be close, but no cigar. It's got to be like you can't have long foul balls because the <laughs> quarterbacks are too good. The quarterbacks are too good. If you let them live for another play, you're going to get beat. And so all these guys on this list, and I think Rashard Gary is an under really he's been ex exceptional in his ability to rush the passer, his ability to t change the game, his ability to set the edge in the run game. I think are really important. So you know, look, I, I have no problem with with those five guys. I think they're all really, really they they change the way you go to it. And to me, people say, well, who's the best of the bunch? Well, I'm going to say it's T.J. Watt because not only did he lead the league in sacks at 22 and a half. He also led the league in Harry's, and he played with for an offense that was horrible. That was horrible, mm. you know. And so he's out there trying to make plays. And so, you know, I mean, he never gets the lead. Whereas if you are playing for the, you know, the Buffalo Bills or you're playing for the Rams or you're teams that are really good at getting the lead, the Chiefs, that means you just have to worry about rushing the passer. Right. It makes it a little bit easier knowing what the job is. Very quickly, you know, you talk about conditioning. And I go back to the early 90s with the Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson. Dave Wanstatt was the defensive coordinator there in Dallas when they had a lot of success early on. And they really – I don't know they weren't the first to do it, obviously, because the game is cyclical. But really it was about drafting depth at the defensive line so they could – you know, Russell Maryland was the number one pick out of Miami. Everybody talked about Russell Maryland. But then they got like Jimmy Jones and uh, Leon Lett that were every bit as equal as to Russell Maryland that would be coming in to kind of refresh those legs. Is it incumbent on these blue chippers that they don't need to be refreshed, that they've got this, the stamina, that they can just go and you don't have to take me off the field ever? Well, no, I think they've got to be on the field. Look, anytime Dwight Freeney left the field for the Colts, you know, there was a red alert for the offense to throw the ball down the field because oh, wow. you had a chance to protect the quarterback. So when you saw him off the field, if you started a drive and Dwight Freeney was off the field, you wanted to go no huddle 
and you wanted to lock him out from coming in and substituting. And you wanted to take shots in a five-step passing game down the field because you had a chance to protect now, especially if you played him in Indianapolis with the crowd noise. So, you know, you've got to be – the players have to be rested and ready to go in the fourth quarter when the game is on the line and when the game matters most. People say, well, save them for third down. Look, there's no such thing as downs anymore in football. Every down's a passing down. You know, it's like every down, it's formations driven league now. It's not that down driven. They throw on first down as much as they throw on third down. Nobody comes in trying to establish the run. They come in trying to establish the lead. That's the most important thing in football. So conditioning does matter. And you've got to save your players for the most opportune time in the game. And you can't keep get them off the field in that two minute. They, they're not going to get any rest in the two minute. They've got to have a basketball conditioning mentality. Wow. And that, that's really tough to do in this day and age because it's just not as physical. So you're really, well, you're, you're running so much out there uh, because the game is, is different from what it was when we're talking about. Again, I go back to those Patriots and Colts games. You know, where you guys with the Patriots go no huddle sometimes and it kind of caught the Colts off guard because they just weren't expecting it against some of those great, yeah. great pass rushers that you mentioned there with Dwight Freeney. Well, especially when you played against a team like with a you know, when you played a team with big tackles that were out of shape, you play the Eagles. I think to me, one of the things, if I were playing the Eagles and I looked at their conditioning, I go no huddle because they're not in shape. Right. And, the, and when they t- and when they get tired, boy, it's easier to throw the football. Let's talk about some of those defensive tackles. Who made your list for blue chippers? When we come back right here in the Lombardi line of Vison, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. 
Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. Going to have uh, much more coming up later on this hour. Thomas Gable, we're going to catch up with Thomas at the Borgata and Wes Reynolds at the very end of this show. Uh, I, I did a little play against Scott Verplank, who's leading the PGA Tournament this weekend uh, by three strokes. I'll see if Wes thinks that's a, a good investment to bet against the leader, and I'll explain why later on this hour. But we're talking about NFL training camps, getting ready for that. And uh, we already did your blue and red chippers on defensive ends. And I know you really like this position group here, the defensive tackles. And we gave yeah. the red chippers yesterday, and what a pretty good-looking uh, list you had here with Javon Hargrave, uh, DJ D- Jones, Vita Vea, who I love down there in Tampa, Cam Hayward, he's a menace in Pittsburgh, and Christian Wilkins, kind of the newcomer, uh, certainly with the damage he's doing down there for the fight and fish. So what separates some of these guys here in your top ten as we get to the blue chippers? To you, what makes a blue chip defensive tackle? Well, the ability to get into the paint is the most important thing a tackle can do. How he affects the passing game, how he pushes the pocket back. You know, I, I think that's the critical component now as we look at defensive ends. So much time has been spent on swim moves and running up the field and all that stuff. Well, nothing affects the quarterback. Uh, but if you get in front of him, if he can't step into the throw, if he doesn't have the ability to really affect the pass, uh, to affect the use his lower body to make a throw. For example, you know, when you look at Hargrave, who was on my list yesterday, Hargrave had an outstanding year. He played 16 games, he had seven and a half sacks from the inside tackle position. Hard to do. He had 18 quarterback hurries. Hard to do in that position, right? So he affected the game. He made 63 solo, made 63 to combined tackles. That's a lot of tackles for a guy inside. Because usually when you're a defensive tackle, there's somebody else helping you out on the tackle. So how do I affect the game? Vita Vey, to me, is one of the best pass rushers in all of football. You mm. say, well, he doesn't get any sacks, Lombardi. Well, I get that. But he forces <laughs> the guard back. Nobody can anchor on him. He's so strong, he gets pushed back. Hayward gets sacks. He's got ability to power and use his quickness inside. And so, and the same thing with Wilkins. I mean, Wilkins only had four and a half sacks last year, but he's a physical presence in there. So what I'm looking for is guys that affect the pocket and get into what I call the paint, which is the outside shoulder of the guards on both sides. It's like, think the picture of the free throw, lot, free throw lane in, in basketball. Mm-hmm. Just extend it a little wider and how it's covered up. That's the paint. we got to get into the paint. The only way we're going to affect a quarterback, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's the mayor, whether it's Patrick Mahomes, we got to get in front of them. We have to get in front of them. And especially little quarterbacks like Mayfield, Russell Wilson, the mayor. If we get in front of them, they can't see. They cannot see. And if we keep them penned in where they can't escape, they have no throw. You know, it's interesting because when, as we look at your blue chippers that you have and what a list this is, and I, I think it, it always starts with, with 99 in L.A. with Aaron Donald, but you look at Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Eric Armstead and Chris Jones, Jonathan Allen in D.C., and DeForest uh, Buckner, what a force his, he is with Indy. Are these guys, because I thought, you know, old school DTs, I think of occupying two players, stopping the run, and anything to the quarterback is a bonus. But these guys on this list – they get to that quarterback as well, right? No doubt. I mean, they do. I mean, Jonathan Allen, I mean, he was sensational last year. He had 30 quarterback hurries. Wow. 
I mean, you know, he was all over the field. You know, Christian Wilkins is the same way. I mean, he can get there. You know, and the thing that makes it different than when we were talking about, and I've said this before, I said this on the podcast. I went to Jim Harbaugh and I wanted to go see Tom Crean, his brother in law, Mm -hmm. a coach. He was at Marquette at the time. And so they were playing in the Final Four in New Orleans. So Jim and I get go down there to kind of root them on and, and watch the game. And I watched the Syracuse play. I think they played Texas. And Syracuse was running their classic 2-3 zone. But when I watched the game, I saw a, a team that looked like they had th- six guys on the court. Mm. Because their 2-3 zone with the length of the guys playing on the perimeter looked like they had, th- they had an extra body out there. They were so long. And it's the same thing that happens in football. You need length inside. You know, you need arm length inside because it's such a one-gap scheme today that if you get – got to be able to extend your arm and cover some of the gap you're entitled to be in. And, it, and the longer you can become inside – you know, the back in the day, the, the short square heavy set tackles were the play – Today it's that linear, that Calais Campbell, those kind of guys, Chris Jones, Jonathan Allen, these power forward-looking players that go inside. Now, Donald's an exception. He's kind of a short, squatty guy, but he plays with great power and quickness. That he's in a, There's always exceptions to the rule, but that's what you really want to get to. And when you get that, when you get somebody like when Akeem Hicks was in his prime who could push the pocket and has great length, it's hard for this offensive line to block them. You know, you just made Stephen Bond's day, and as an old Syracuse Orangeman fan myself, 2003 there in New Orleans, beating uh, Texas to get to the national championship and then beating Kansas on a block shot by Akeem Warwick, if you remember, kind of that linear player that you're talking about, the length of that 2-3 zone. It's a great parallel to the NFL because normally you wouldn't want that guy playing D-tackle. You're right, because he's just going to get blown away. Because – Right, because usually long guys play right. high. They get their pad level up. But now we've seen an era where these guys at 6'5 can play with bend. You know, they play with great, great knee bend, and they're able to lower it. They play with a fl- – I mean, Armstead and Buckner, both are 6'4 guys. I mean, these are big men, you know. And Calais Campbell was 6'8. You know, now there's always the uh, the Panoa Ford, the kid from Texas A&M who plays up at Seattle. He's 5'11. You know, he's a good player. But he's 5'11", you know, and so he got to kind of work around it. Those guys still play, but the Fletcher Cox at 6'4", you know, those guys, the length really become a problem for the deep, for the offense to block. Yeah, and again, 99 in L.A., I mean, Aaron Tonnell is just a difference maker. We saw it in the Super Bowl, kind of taking that thing over late. You know, again, you look at the size, and I think some people go, wow, I've never seen anything like it. But John Randall was almost the exact same specs as you're seeing yeah. from, from Aaron Donald well, on mean, the inside. I, I wrote about John Randall in my book. I mean, John Randall was on the practice squad. They didn't know what to do with him, right? right? So, they, you know, at Texas A&I, which is now Texas Kingsville, he dominated. But he had no specific position. So when he was at Tampa's training camp, Jerry Angelo, a dear friend of mine, who was the general manager of the Tampa Bay Bucks, they, he loved him. He couldn't stop talking about John Randall. He absolutely loved him. But when he brings him into Tampa with Ray Perkins and they're trying to run this defense, they didn't know where he fit. So eventually they caught him. And he ends up in Minnesota, and Monty Kiffin's really not sure what to do with him, you know. And so eventually they just use him in practice, and the next thing you know, he can, you can, they can't block him at three technique in practice, and all of a sudden a career's born. You know, we drafted Rod Coleman, a kid out of East Carolina in the fifth round when I was at the Raiders in 1999. Rod Coleman was a really good player. 
but he played he played defensive end in college. He was 6'2", 255 pounds. Al Davis wanted to make him an inside linebacker. He thought he was going to be the next Matt Millen. Right. He had no when we put him on his feet, he looked like Herman Munster out there. I mean, he had no <laughs> chance to move around and it was a, it was bad. And so but because we drafted him and Al wanted to make him a linebacker, he stayed on the team. And so we're getting ready to play Minnesota. John Randall's the three technique. So we put Coleman in to simulate John Randall, a three technique. And all of a sudden a career's born. Mm. And we couldn't block him. So sometimes scouting gets in the way of finding talent. You know, it's because we have these we have these prototypical size players that we want to have, and that necessarily always translates. And as much as you want to try to get the Jeffrey Simmons, the six five guys, the three hundred pound guys, sometimes you got to take the Ford from Seattle, who's five eleven, because that's all you can get. But when you get a guy with length, power, flat back, and can push the pocket, it's elite. And the other thing I think on this list of these six names that I have uh, that are my top five, every game you go and play against them, you've got to set the protection to them, right? Mm. So what does that mean? That means we're going to go and play Tennessee. We want to make sure we're always got somebody a half a man and a half on Jeffrey Simmons. We want somebody a man and a half on Aaron Donald. We want somebody a man and a half on Chris Jones. We want to be able to slide the protection. We don't want a one-on-one. And if it's one-on-one inside with him, we got to get the ball out quick. That, to me, you can't find in the stats. Unless you understand protection schemes, you can't see that. That is fascinating, especially the story on John Randall, that a guy literally on the scrap heap of Tampa Bay, and they were not very good back then. No, and, they were not good. And then all of a sudden he goes to Minnesota and becomes a Hall of Famer because they couldn't oh, They didn't know out. what to do with him. Right. They didn't know what to do. They told him, David, they told him, if you don't come back at 255, we're going to cut you. Because he's too he light. Goes to training, he's too light. He goes to training camp. They weigh him. He's got two five-pound uh, <laughs> weights in his shoes, in his socks. And it gets him to – it's a true story. It gets him to 255, and Monty Kiffin says, okay, he made the weight. We'll keep him. Unbelievable. But that – I mean, that is just mind-blowing, a Hall of Fame player like that because people just thought at that position he was too light. And maybe he switched it for the Aaron Donalds of the world that could now go, yeah, we'll figure out a way. You don't have to be the, the old prototypical 300-pounder. We'll figure out a way to, to get you to move around. Wow. When we come back, Thomas Gable is going to join us from the Borgata in New Jersey. Come on back to Lombardi Lana Vista, the Sports Betting Network. football guide is out and the pro football guide is coming soon so there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings plus best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards reserve your copy of the football betting guides today get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a visa all access subscriptions to make this football season your best football season ever subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Cannot wait for football season, Michael Lombardi, as we are rejoined uh, once again today here on a Sunday by Thomas Gable out of the Borgata Race and Sportsbook. Thomas, great to have you here on a Sunday morning. Before we get to the NFL, I did want to ask you, because you tweeted at me yesterday about what we saw in England yesterday uh, with the UFC card, and it was wild. It was a packed house. They set all kinds of records. 
They're cashing checks over there across the pond. And you mentioned that big money came in, as we thought it might, on the, the English fighter, certainly in Tom Aspinall. And then we just saw devastating. 15 seconds into the main event, he takes an awkward step. And I don't know if it was a, a kneecap that exploded, but fight over. He could not continue in 15 seconds. I liked Curtis Blades. I didn't like to win my fight that way. Do people clamor for you, Thomas, and say, hey, that should be a no contest? How does the book handle something like that? Uh, that's a good question. I, they don't really, uh, it, with MMA at this point, they, they kind of just take it as it comes. I mean, we, we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not something that has never happened. So I, I think people are just, it, they, they take it for what it is. It, it certainly was unfortunate. Like you said, if you have blades, I mean, uh, yeah, you're cashing the ticket, but not exactly the way that you thought the fight was going to go down. Uh, it kind of, you know, robbed us of uh, what I thought was going to be a very interesting fight overall. I, you know, it was, you know, Blades um, had that uh, had that advantage in the experience, mm-hmm. and uh, Aspinall had the advantage in, you know, speed and agility and athleticism. So I, w- I was looking forward to a really good fight between the two, and unfortunately uh, it happened, but ended up being a good result for us uh, in that fight. Um Patty there, not so much. Um, wasn't a good result. And uh, McCann, not so much. But uh, I'll tell you, the other fight that drew a lot of uh, handle, and actually it went uh, went our way, was uh, the Chris Curtis-Jack yes. uh, Hermanson fight. Um, so that was, and again, you know, it was almost a pick em fight. But uh, we, we saw uh, um, Jack come away as the uh, the victor there. Curtis, though, was taking a lot of money here and uh, ended up going our way. So overall, the UFC was a Successful uh, card for us, uh, for sure, over there. And as you said, it, the attendance uh, was it was a sellout over there in, in London and uh, put on a, a tremendous card. And they got a lot of support from uh, from England. So uh, great to see overall for the sport. Yeah, no question. And, Michael, this is the hardest thing to, to predict in sports. And we've seen it four times now in the last year. Going back to Conor McGregor against Dustin the Diamond Poirier in the first round when he takes a step back and blows out his ankle, breaks his ankle. We saw it uh, with Alexander Rakic uh, in a fight against Jan Bohovic, and all of a sudden just takes a misstep in the third round. Boom, his knee goes out. And then two main events in a row, Brian Ortega, his shoulder goes out. And you can't predict this stuff, but Michael in football – is there any way to know? Because you see this all the time in training camp, right? Where guys all of a sudden an Achilles out for the year, right? There, is there any way to know, th- th- like a factor of, of uh, to anticipate something like this happening, or is it just fluky? Well, I, I think Belichick has the greatest line of all when the media starts giving him crap about playing a guy that gets hurt. And he says, well, when you can tell me what play he's going to get hurt on, I'll take him out to play before. <laughs> so, like, how do you know, right? How do you know? And I think it's just one of those things. But I, I kind of want to change it to subject here, T- Thomas, because I think you're fortunate that David's sitting in and not Patrick because Patrick would be all over <laughs> you today for that ticket that you would – he would be very concerned about the lights, about the rent, about the, everything. You know, you took a huge bet on the Dodgers run line last night. Talk oh. about it. Yeah, we did. It was actually uh, the largest single-game uh, Major League Baseball wager we ever took here at Borgata. It was uh, 500000 on the uh, the Dodgers run line. Came in last night, literally right before first pitch, maybe a minute or two 
uh, right before first pitch in that game against the uh, the Giants. And Dodgers were up 4-0 through, uh, throughout that game, and then the Giants uh, at least made it interesting for that better in the ninth inning, uh, scored two in the ninth, but didn't get it. Uh, ended up uh, <laughs> good for the better because uh, – uh, Dodgers ended up uh, covering the run line, winning 4-2 final. So uh, good for him. And uh, now it's just uh, we move on another day. And yeah, if Patrick is listening, the lights are still on. They're we, still we on. Pay the yeah, he, you know he's worried. You know he's worried. You know he's probably really <laughs> yeah. worried for you. I just wonder if that better. He's thinking it's 4 nothing in the ninth. Right? I got this thing. This thing's pie in the sky easy peasy. And then all of a sudden, you get two on the board, and it, it, like that Dodgers bullpen all of a sudden starts to sweat that out, Thomas. How, how intently are you watching at the book last night? I actually uh, went home after the game started. <laughs> I, I didn't stick around to watch the whole game, so uh, I, I left after that game started. All right. You know, Michael and I have been talking a lot about the Patriots. We got Will Hill's thoughts in New York there. He actually likes the Patriots mm-hmm. over this year. They're in Jersey, and obviously we know you're going to get a lot of Giants and Jets action, uh, certainly as we get ready for football season here. But what about the Patriots? What's the betting market telling you, at least there at the Borgata? Are people buying in that it's going to be better in year two? Because out here in Vegas, Thomas, it feels like people are fading the Pats a little bit. You can get some pretty good prices if you think that the Patriots might have a little bit of regression this year in year two with Mac Jones. Yeah, we're seeing a little bit of that here as well. And I don't know if it's necessarily um, the fact that they think that there's going to be a regression on Mac Jones. That certainly could be the case. Um, or it's just the fact of uh, the division that they play in, and they're looking at uh, the, the competition at division now. Um, you, you know, you certainly have uh, uh, very good squads in that, uh, led by the Buffalo Bills. So. Um, when you play them twice, and uh, you also have Miami, it's uh, you know they're going to be good games, tough games. But uh, season win total at eight and a half right now for the Patriots, and we're seeing um, right now the the majority of the money for season win total is on the under. So people are uh, uh, taking the the under eight and a half. Uh, so obviously they're thinking they're uh, they're going to only have eight wins or less. And uh, for the division, they're not getting a whole lot of play, uh, really, in that division. And the uh, the price point, again, with uh, the Bills being as they are, the the favorite to win the entire AFC at three to one. Uh, the the Patriots for the uh, the conference twenty two to one right now. And again, not not getting a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of play here. So uh, again, not, not sure if it's. People thinking there's going to be regression there with Mac Jones. Um, uh, you know, you certainly heard some scuttlebutt there. They didn't necessarily like what they did with the draft. Uh, but, again, uh, you know, I think you have to fade Bill Belichick at your own peril. Yes. We have seen time and time again uh, through the years. Yeah, that's normally not yep. a good recipe, yeah, Thomas, what yeah, no doubt. Thomas, with the with the mayor uh, of Arizona getting his new contract <laughs> based on his ransom letter, did you see anybody play the over uh, in this at all? Did you get any sharp action come in, some substantial cash on the over for Arizona? No, it's been uh, a, a decent amount of under money on uh, their season win total. So um, it's again, they're they're a team that uh, people have been looking to fade uh, throughout the, the postseason or throughout the offseason, I should say. And, 
I, I don't think that's necessarily going to change just because you have Kyler Murray under a bigger contract now. I, I, that's not going to move the needle, I think, for anyone who's uh, looking to bet against this team or bet on this team. Uh, doesn't really make too much of a difference in, in that regard. Yeah, again, plus money, plus a dollar thirty-five at BetMGM. If you think this is going to be a ten-win football team out in the desert, uh, again, they won eleven last year. But I think the books are telling you something when the, where they're setting those numbers uh, for this year. Very quickly, Thomas. Again, we're getting training camps now. Buffalo Bills are, are in uh, at their facilities today. Do people wait until training camps are over, and then you're going to get some more action here on on some of these future bets, or are they already firing away before they see what's going to happen in the preseason, the fake season, as I like to call it? No, they fire away. As soon as you put up the numbers for season wins, as soon as you post odds for the division winners, uh, they start firing away. And you know, during the summertime, when you only really have baseball uh, to bet on day-to-day, you take a lot of NFL future bets. And uh, people are looking forward to the season. And it does, it does start to increase as training camp comes on and you get into preseason because it's more front and center in the media, uh, especially sports media talking about it. And people will uh, start to gravitate that towards that a little bit more than uh, what they have. All right. But again, the light's still on at the Borgata today, despite the Dodgers holding on 4-2. to two. So if Patrick's watching, which I'm sure he's not, he's on vacation, the lights are still going on at the Borgata. Thomas, we really appreciate Thanks, you, TG. as always. Thank you, guys. All right, there he is, everybody, the director of the Racing Sportsbook at the Borgata. Come on back. Wes Reynolds joins us next on the Lombardi Line on Vison, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote MGM 
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tro- tokens. Plan a trip to Vegas, come out and convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. And, Michael, you know whenever we have Wes Reynolds on, I've got to ask a little bit of golf. So I'm going to start off with the one and only Wes Reynolds. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Wes Reynolds one. And Wes, it's a, I don't know if it's a gutsy play or not, but I played this morning. I'm fading Scott Piercy, who goes into the final round of the 3M Open with a three-shot lead. And now I can have anybody else win, just not Scott Piercy. And I got that at even money. What do you say about my wager? Is Scott Piercy going to close and make me look bad today? Well, I, I think I actually think you have a good wager. I didn't do anything with this. I've already dumped enough money into the 3M Open. Not a good <laughs> week like last week. Uh, you know, everybody kind of praises me. It's like, oh, you hit another one at the Open Championship, and then I have, like, the worst card of the year up here in Minneapolis. So <laughs> not very good for me this week. I have nobody in contention, no players here on Sunday. But, you know, Scott Piercy, Dave, does what Scott Piercy normally does. And he gets to a point where he's about two or three events away from the FedEx Cup 125 closing out, and then he has a good event, whether it's at the Wyndham or here this week at the 3M Open. So I think he was somewhere in the 130s in the FedEx Cup points coming into this week. So basically a top three to five finish is going to keep his PGA Tour card. But obviously he would much rather win and get the full two-year exemption that you get for winning a PGA Tour event. And you saw yesterday his foot was bothering him. He was playing without a shoe Mm -hmm. for a good part of his round uh, yesterday as that uh, closed out due to a long six-hour rain delay. I don't think they got done to about 8 o'clock Central Time there. But, you know, Piercy obviously is the guy that beat with a four-shot lead. Now, he's got Emiliano Grillo. If you remember the John Deere Classic when I had JT Poston, the chaser was Emiliano Grillo, who's one of the better iron players out there, but just can't seem to make a putt. So when you've got a guy like Grillo chasing you, you feel good that he's not going to make enough putts to overtake you when you have a lead. But I don't blame you for necessarily going against Scott Piercy. Look, he's got a four-shot lead, and you look at BetMGM, and he's only $1.45 to close this out. Yeah, that's what it's telling me too, Michael. Sometimes we saw it in the UFC. Sometimes weird things happen with injuries, and it looks like he's gimping around a little bit there today. He's got Tony Finau maybe can make a run, Doug Gim, some other guys there. So we'll see if he can hold on there. Uh, Michael, we've been talking about it all day today. Obviously, college football, pro football, uh, everybody's at camp. We've got the betting guides. Uh, college football is already out west. You've done a great job uh, with a lot of these write-ups on, on some of these conferences here. And I wanted to go there. And I wanted to talk about the Big Ten because, Michael, I look at what Michigan did last year, and I don't look at it as an aberration. Wes, when you did your digging, everybody loves Ohio State, and I understand why with the power they have offensively. Are we sleeping on Michigan a little bit after winning the Big Ten a year ago? I don't know if we're sleeping on him, Dave, and and I don't want to necessarily say it's an aberration either now. 
Obviously, I think Ohio State is the runaway choice here in the Big Ten, whether it's the East or the entire conference. But one of the things you got to look at it with Michigan, you start obviously with the quarterback. Are they going to go with Cade McNamara exclusively? He got the bulk of the work last year, but J.J. McCarthy's a really talented kid out of IMG. He's a little bit more mobile, and he's got the stronger arm of the two. So I got to think that they're going to work both of those. Did we lose Wes Reynolds? We might have lost Wes yeah. Reynolds. So, Michael, let's pick it up there because I, I'm interested in your yeah, thoughts as well. Yeah, I think he well. made, made a great point. That That's my question. You know, look, I think we know that Michigan's a talented team, but, you know, is it going to be Cade McMahon, Mc, Mc, McNamara's team or J.J. McCarthy? You know, I think I think that's going to be the key. The one thing you got to give – Michigan look at their team offensively. Mm -hmm. They are very seasoned in the offensive line. I mean, they've got a grad transfer at left tackle in Hayes. They've got a senior at left left guard in Keegan. They got a, a grad transfer at center, a junior at right guard, a, a senior at left ta at right tackle. So they're very very old, they're older and experienced, which I think matters. Defensively now, that's where we're going to try to see who's going to replace Hutchinson and the players that they lost, Uche, last year. That's the challenge, and I think that ultimately do they have enough speed with their defense. Last year when they played the game, when they played that game, oh, you know, Ohio State was, was not – going to really buck their protection system and Michigan kept attacking it and Ohio State didn't have an answer for it. It's going to be interesting to see what development Ohio State takes to protect Trout and how they handle it and how Michigan attacks Ohio State. Michael, very quickly, because I felt like I don't know if Harbaugh was actually on the hot seat, hadn't beat Ohio State, hadn't won the Big Ten. You can check those off on the boxes now. If you looked at Jim Harbaugh in totality at his time in Ann Arbor, how would you assess the job he's, he's done there? Well, I, I think he's got the program to the level that it, it, it needs to be. It needs to beat Ohio State more often. I think that's the question. I mean, I think the disappointing thing was the Georgia, how Georgia dominated yeah. them. I mean, the difference between that that game. To me, Georgia, I thought they would play Michigan, Georgia a lot better. I was wrong on that. I thought that they were ready to play that. And so, you know, I think it's going to continue to be. Jim's got to get the quarterback situation. That's what he coaches. The offense has got to be able to drive that. They've got to become quarterback you. And he's got to get J.J. McCarthy or K. McNabb, McNabb, uh, McNamara, mm -hmm. he's got to get him to the point where they're playing at the highest level. They'll always have great skill. I mean, this, you know, Michigan is a great school like Ohio State. They're going to be able to recruit anybody anywhere in the country. All right, I've got Wes Reynolds back on the line with us, Wes. We were talking about Harbs and the job he's done in totality at Michigan. Yes, he's got to beat Ohio State a little bit more. When you really started to get into the rest of the Big Ten here, is there any other suitor? Is there any a surprise team out there besides the top two that we think we've identified clearly in Ohio State and then Michigan? Well, in the East, I'm kind of interested to see what is going to happen, obviously, with Michigan State and Penn State. Michigan State, Mel Tucker, I mean, he's done an effective job. You can't argue with the results, but he's kind of been living a little bit on the transfer portal. And that could often be a little bit dangerous. So that kind of concerns me a little bit from Sparty. Now, I don't think that this club is going to necessarily have a bounce back year where they're going to overtake Ohio State. But I do think Penn State's going to have a better year than mm. they had last. 
last year. They started 5-0, and if you remember, and then they went to Iowa, and Sean Clifford gets hurt, and they lose to Iowa, and Iowa was number three in the country at the time, so no shame in that. But if you look at Penn State, they're 11-11 and the last two seasons. That makes for a quote-unquote unhappy valley, if you will. <laughs> but they do have Clifford coming back for another year. I think that's big for them. But the one thing Franklin and these guys got to get back to doing, they got to run the ball. Last year, they didn't have a 100-yard rusher in any game. Wow. 118th nationally in rushing. We don't expect that out of Penn State, right? No. They're kind of like the East Coast running back you. And just the offense was was way down last year. They lost three. They lose three starters, so they're going to have to grow up in a hurry. But I think defensively, they're going to be just fine. Even though Brent Pry now goes to Virginia Tech as the head coach, you've got uh, uh, Manny Diaz in from Miami. So James Franklin, I think, is going to kind of give control and let Manny Diaz be the head coach of that defense. And he's got a proven track record in doing so. So this team is pretty loaded, at least in the secondary. They've got some good pass rushers. Uh, I do like Penn State. Now, they open on the road in the conference like they did last year. Remember, they won that battle of attrition at Wisconsin. They got to do the same thing against Purdue. I think they've slipped the last two years, but if they're healthier, I think you're going to see maybe at least an eight or nine win team. You know, the hard thing for me, Wes, and I know we're short on time here, I, I can't buy into Clifford. Like, I can't buy into that. Like, I, he's got to play better for me to buy into it. I haven't seen him play to the level that I thought he needs to play. And, and until he does, maybe early in the year, these early games against good competition, he'll prove me wrong. Yeah, that, that's interesting because, again, the quarterback position, the offense has got to be better. To Wes's point there, the defense is fine. Uh, even though you're switching coordinators, you get Manny Diaz in there. The offense certainly was not up to snuff last year. And it is surprising when you mention not one 100-yard rusher for Penn State last year for running back you. Uh, certainly traditionally, that is a surprise. Wes, appreciate it on a Sunday, my friend. Uh, again, as I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, there is only one Wes Reynolds, and that's why he's at Wes Thank Reynolds. Thank you, Wes. Well, we're all grateful Thanks, for buddy. that, that there's only one of me. So thank you very much, guys. <laughs> there he is, Wes Reynolds. Thanks, Dave. Uh, great, thank you. Great show as always, Michael. I want to thank uh, certainly Will Hill, Thomas Gable, and Wes for joining us on this Sunday. And again, don't go anywhere, everybody, because Femi of FFA is already here in studio with James Salinas on a Salinas Sunday, right, Femi? That's what he calls it. Uh, Michael, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, sir, and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you, David. Absolutely. Thank Thanks for watching and listening on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 